0: Welcome to Urban Ed Voyage, the educational podcast that invites you to embark on a transformative journey into innovative education within urban schools. Whether you're passionate about education, an advocate for innovative approaches in urban schools, or simply curious about the possibilities of cutting-edge learning in urban settings, Urban Ed Voyage is your gateway to understanding the phenomena of innovative education Join us on this enriching journey and let your imagination be drawn to the extraordinary possibilities of modern learning in urban environments. Antoinette Cass, is a passionate and experienced educator who was the elementary school principal of Open Magnet Charter School, a highly innovative and diverse magnet school in Los Angeles. And Sned has a Master's of Education from Mount St. Mary's University and a BA in Criminology, Law and Society from the University of California at Irvine. She has experience in instructional design, curriculum and staff development, educational leadership and school innovation. She's a con Fellow a prestigious program that provides advanced leadership, development, and recognition to talented school leaders. Finally, she is a member of the Advisory Board of Education at Mount St. Mary's University, where she shares her ideas and best practices. Hello and welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Can you share a bit about your background and how you became a principal? Like, What inspired you to pursue a career in education?
1: So first and foremost, I have to give respect to my mom, Ivy Cass. Great, because (laughs) thank you, thank you. Because I watched her master the art of teaching my entire life, sitting on her bed grading um, book reports and talking to her sixth or taking, excuse me, her her sixth graders to Valley Forge, and she had so much love for the job and so much love for her students. So that is where the inspiration came from, but. As most parents who are educators, she did try to steer me in a different direction. So I started teaching act- actually on a fluke. So um, I thought I wanted to enter criminal justice, but because growing up, I always was a- advocating for others and speaking up for those that were having a hard time. But then when I went to the police department to do my field study at UC Irvine, they weren't taking any students that semester. And so I shifted and I did my field study at an elementary school in Irvine. And so I loved it. So shout out to Miss Ernst from <laughs> Irvine Unified School District because she made me see in real time that learning can be fun and hands on. And I still remember her flat Stanley unit that she was doing at the time. So then fast forward, To um, after graduating UC Irvine in 1997, and I became a teacher's assistant at Westwood Charter School. And a year later, I became a kindergarten teacher there. And under that unmatched leadership of Michelle Bennett, I was able to see that if I could be a principal like she was, Mm -hmm. then I would be ready to be a principal and lead a school, and I would be all in. And Michelle had a way of empowering all of her contributors to feel like they were leaders in the school, Mm -hmm. from the teachers who led the school with convictions to the parents who pushed the school forward and the students as well. So she locked me in to wanting to be a principal and I think that's where the desire came from. And so I went on to leave Westwood Charter School. I became a curric- no, the categorical coordinator at Baldwin Hills Elementary School. And then I left Baldwin Hills and went to Open Magnet Charter School to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And after two years, the principal, Robert Burke, was leaving. And at that point, um, I decided to go for it and to try to lead open school. It's the best decision in education I've ever made.
0: Great. Well, thank you for that. Um, well, I know that there's a loss with, uh, in the law enforcement the world, (laughs) but it's our our game. Thank you. So can you describe the constructivist approach to education and how it shapes the learning environment in your school?
1: So by definition, right, constructivism is an educational theory that argues that humans generate knowledge and meaning from an interaction between their experiences and their ideas. But in constructivism, the emphasis is on the learning and the learner, And in more traditional settings, the emphasis can tend to be more on the teaching and the teacher. Mm -hmm. So in constructivism, it is student-centered with lots of opportunities to tap into a child's prior knowledge. And students, they come to us with a wealth of knowledge. And so as constructivists, it's our job to honor their knowledge and seek ways to capitalize on their unique experiences We become facilitators of the learning process and we're guiding that process based on our students' prior knowledge and their interests. And so if we can be a connector and a guide for our students, then we are doing our jobs as educators to make sure that we're a conduit to assist in unlocking the fun that learning can be because constructivism is all about the joy and unlocking the learning that children already have inside of them. And so what does that look like at open school? Um, It's all embedded in our mission, which our mission statement is that we um, empower and enable our children so that they're enthusiastic and excited about learning, and that we make sure that they leave us as kind and taking initiative and also having great integrity. And so We have happy children, right? (laughs) When you visit open school, the first thing people say is, wow, your children are so happy. Um, Open school is joy abound, Mm -hmm. and it looks like play because play is the business of children. And we want them to manipulate. We want them to tinker, to build, to observe, to experiment, right? We want them to do all of those things. And we provide lots of time for them to play It looks like project-based learning where we're giving learning real-world application and purpose. We're not doing sit-and-get and and teaching things in isolation. Well, realistically, we do sometimes have to teach, (laughs) right, in isolation, but it's for the bigger purpose of them being able to um, be successful in the world and then being able to complete a project and feel successful. And we have our teachers designing innovative lessons Because teaching is an art form, and so if we don't allow teachers to be the professionals they are and the crafters of the curriculum, then they're not doing their best work. And so it's my job to cultivate the gifts of my teachers, not to provide them with a curriculum, but to provide them with the tools to build the curriculum that holds their kids at the center. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot that goes into that. There's student leadership, there's collaboration, there's differentiation. At Open School, you'll see students engaging in Reader's Workshop because that's centered around them as an individualized reader and they're conferring with their teachers. You'll see them engaging in Writer's Workshop because that, too, is centering them as authors and allowing them to write narrative stories or or allowing them to research and choose topics Um, Also in math, just around exploration, a lot of CGI strategies or FOSNO methodology because we believe in children having that productive struggle and we need them to grapple with problems and to develop their own solutions. And so we give lots of time for that. It also looks like us having culturally relevant and responsive lessons for our students because the children are at the center And so if they're at the center, then so should their identity be, right? Their talents, their passions, their interests, their strengths, and even their gaps so that we can make sure that the lesson is tailored to what they need. And then our classrooms are multi-age so that children have time to grapple with the content that's in front of them. Oftentimes they will loop. And they will work with students of differing ages to develop concepts over time. And then probably the last thing that you see when you come to open school is um, like our children going on field trips and really um, getting out into the world and finding out what the world is all about. I know that as a child, I learned so much by going out into the world. My parents took me lots of places, and it wasn't about doing anything fancy, Mm -hmm. right? But it was about camping or exploring or visiting places. When I was in class and I just had to do the sit and get, it didn't really work for me because my mind was somewhere else. But when I could be a part of something and do something and have a hands-on experience, that's when I feel like I learned the best. So... At Open School, there's lots of reflection and refining on our learning, um, on the part of the students and on the part of the teachers.
0: Thank you. Um, so it sounds like your your students like they construct a new understanding and knowledge through experience and social discourse, and integrating new information with like what they already know, like Absolutely. activating prior knowledge.
1: Absolutely, one hundred percent.
0: And your story about how you um, had difficulties in school because. It didn't suit that your 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 style. Yes, um, I hear you loud and clear because I actually hated school.
1: Oh, yes, <laughs> um,
0: I was a kid who was always tapping his foot or his pencil. I had attention issues. I hated to be seated in the seat, looking at the teacher, listening to what he or she is telling me, and having to write it out. And that was supposed to be my learning. Right. It drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, funny how I got into education and I hated <laughs> school, but that's a whole nother story for another day. Okay, so what challenges have you faced in implementing a constructivist curriculum?
1: So, it's a challenge to, to stay true to the authenticity mm-hmm. of constructivism because constructivism allows a lot of freedom, right, and it also provides a lot of time for children to just dig into the learning. And a lot of times we're on a time crunch that doesn't really align with that kind of exploration. And constructivism is a challenge because it's becoming a lost art. And so finding the professional development that aligns to constructivism or the educators who have been exposed to constructivism um, is a challenge. But at open school, constructivist practices work because we've built a school-wide structure that supports the teaching methodology, and that structure is there for the development of the kids, right? So you can't do constructivism in isolation. You can't just say, okay, well, we're a traditional school, but hey, we're going to try constructivism. It doesn't work that way. You have to build the school structure, the school philosophy, the mission, the vision, the goals, right? We have 17 guiding principles that lead our work. And so you have to even come up with guiding principles that support the way in which we do the work. So some of those structures that we've put in place are just, if you come onto Open Schools Campus, right, the physical plants of the school is designed to support the learning of of our students our students are able to learn in a beautiful environment with outdoor learning space and with over a hundred trees and plenty of wildlife and so just being there children are happy and they feel free and they feel you know loved and honored by the space that they're in we also have our team teaching. So if we're expecting our children to work in collaboration, if we're expecting our children to do projects with other children, then our teachers have to model that. And so the team teaching does model that for our students. We have our multi-age classes because in the real world, you're not just gonna be with second graders or just be with seven year olds. And so they have to learn how to work with students of other, other ages. And that looping is also part of our structure, that our kids get to stay with a teacher for more than one year, so it gives them time.
0: And yeah, uh, that's, that's really interesting that I noticed at Open that there is looping. Yes. But there's also, it appears that there are two teachers responsible for 40 students. Yes. Can yes. you talk a little bit about that and one classroom space?
1: Yes. So the way the school is designed, there are two classrooms and the wall in the middle of those two classrooms has been removed. And so it's one large open space. And there are two teachers and those two teachers are responsible for either 48 kids in the lower grades or in fourth and fifth grade. It can be as many as 59 students in the classroom. And it's a team effort. They do their parent-teacher-student conferences together, right? They, they, so if our blue cluster, which was one of our four or five classes, or purple cluster, also a four or five, they do all 59 of their conferences together, and their students are in those meetings. And so, the, and so that partnership is about them together, mm-hmm. coming together to help each student succeed so it's not, oh, we share this space, but we don't share the kids. They truly share the kids.
0: And I noticed that you don't really have room numbers. So I don't belong to room 15. I'm in lavender yes, whatever.
1: Absolutely, right. So it, it because we are fourth and fifth graders, we don't want to say, hey, fourth and fifth graders, we say blue cluster, mm-hmm. purple cluster, you know, orange cluster is a two, three. And so because they're multi-age, we have them labeled by colors instead of grade levels.
0: What I uh, found interesting um, when you're talking about um, like some of the challenges is that this is not an approach that you can only do for part of the day. It's uh, more of a, a mindset for the entire day. And I see some schools struggling right now with that because a lot of schools have now shifted to like CGI and mathematics, which is like a constructivist approach yes. to mathematics. Yes. But they only do that. They do that only for part of the day. Yes. So it's like compartmentalizing this kind of approach?
1: Yes. So for schools that are just starting out, right, just one section of the day Mm -hmm. is probably best because then it can grow organically. But yes, to truly be a constructivist school, it is infused in the structure of the school, in the structure of the school day, in the philosophy of not only the teachers, but also the philosophy of all of the employees that work there and the families.
0: Thank you. Because um, with the teachers, what I've noticed when I was a um, when I was a teacher and an, and an administrator, that a lot of teachers didn't really believe that students were capable of thinking, or coming up with their own kind of ideas, and that's like a central piece to constructivism.
1: Absolutely, because they come with us with knowledge already, and we want to capitalize on that. They come to us with interests. Or once they are part of the open school family, they go out into the real world, right, and they bring ideas back. And so we're constantly asking our children to even contribute to the curriculum in that way. When I was teaching at open school, I had a teaching partner by the name of Jason Bose, and Mr. Bose always asked the children to bring information that they learned outside of school and share it in community circle. Every day he would say, bring it back to community circle. And so that's what our children would do. But when we started studying the solar system, all the research that they would do at home on their own, they would bring it back to community circle and they'd share it with the other children. So they advanced the learning. You know, as a teacher, I wasn't going to learn about all of those planets. But as the students that were interested in it, they shared that information and provided you know, research and and resources to one another so that their learning could evolve and and extend past what we were doing.
0: Right. And so they acted as true scholars. Absolutely. And researchers and scientists.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. um, This approach can influence student engagement and motivation in the classroom. Can you, like, please speak on engagement and motivation?
1: Yes. So at Open School, our students are highly motivated and engaged, they are intrigued about what we're going to be doing tomorrow. And I think that is a huge part of it, right? We have authors visits and field trips and writers celebrations, right? Our readathon, our one school, one book. We have all these wonderful things that are going on at open school. And so they're always like trying to peek into tomorrow to see what is going to be the exciting thing for the day. And they also know that we're asking them to be a part of that. We're asking them to contribute to that. What ideas do you have that we can make a reality tomorrow? And so we're always asking for their input and we're always just planting those seeds so that they know that they're also a part of building and designing the school and the curriculum.
0: Right. So like well, one of my um, favorite theories is a self-determination theory. And basically, the authors assert that um, in order to um, influence intrinsic motivation, couple, two things need to be be present. One is like autonomy or choice. They have some de- like, decision into what they want to do. And number two, equally important, is a perceived competence. They have to feel that they can actually be successful. Yes. And if they come as scholars or treated as scholars, and they have an opportunity to influence the lesson plans, and those two tenets are, are hit very well. So I, I can understand why um, that, that your students are intrinsically motivated.
1: Absolutely. Right.
0: I would think that skills learned through this approach could prepare students for the challenges of the 21st century, including like higher education and the workforce. So what are your thoughts around like preparing um, the students for the challenges?
1: Open school is capable of preparing students for the 21st century because we are preparing thinkers and problem solvers. And so even though they do leave us and go to middle school or even high school and maybe they haven't figured out how to use a textbook when they have left open school, right? Because we are not textbook driven. Like in fifth grade, we're like, well, we should probably show them a textbook (laughs) so that they know what a glossary is, right? Right. So when they get to middle school, some of those things are a challenge. But because they have had all this exposure to thinking and figuring it out, it's not a huge learning curve. They just have to jump in there and do it. So their challenge is honestly learning how to do traditional school. It's not learning how to, like, be successful.
0: Wow, interesting. Um, we know we talk about, in education, people talk about preparing kids for jobs that don't even exist yet. Yes. And so these, like, soft skills are more important than ever. Like, you know, we talk about, like, problem solving and, and collaboration and resourcefulness and being their own agent. So, uh, so yeah, opens. You know, doing the right thing. (laughs) Thank you. Can you provide examples of how Open Magnet has positively impacted its students or alumni?
1: So the best way to gauge if our practices are working is to speak to our alumni. And so we have many opportunities to check in with our alumni to see how things are going out there in the real world. But we also have... Friends of Open School alumni scholarship, where we award three college scholarships every year to high school students who are going on to pursue their college dreams. And so we ask them to demonstrate how Open School and its mission prepared them for their future. And when we ask this question and they give us a demonstration of that, they're always like, say that open school hit the mark. And their answer is always, yes, they felt very prepared for the 21st century. So one alumni talked about how she spent the six most crucial social, mental, and emotionally developmental years at a school that understood the impact that they could make on their students' lives. And so even as a high school senior, she remembered looking back and feeling seen, feeling loved, feeling heard, and feeling a part of something special. And then another alumni talked about how when she was in fourth grade, she and her peers decided that as a part of the Halloween carnival, they wanted to create what they called the Haunted Hedge. And the Haunted Hedge was a less scary version of our haunted house so that the younger students could co- go to Purple Clusters, Haunted Hedge, instead of going to the auditorium to the haunted house. And she talked about how creating the Haunted Hedge and then it set a tradition of the haunted hedge being a part of open school for years to come and her quote was that something that has always stuck with her is the willingness of her purple cluster teachers to give their young students so much independence and so much freedom Um, that it was influential on her success and it was influential in leading her to know that she could do anything that she put her mind to So when we're talking about preparing children for the 21st century, we definitely are thinking for the long run, like that long end game of what our children are going to be expected to do as contributors to our society. John F. Kennedy said that I think the success of any school can be measured by the contribution the alumni make to our national life. And so we always tapping in with our alumni to see, like, hey, what are you guys doing out there? And we have a lot of successful alumni, and they always come back, and they let us know that what we're doing is working.
0: Um, schools can be measured or evaluated by student outcomes, you know, test yes. scores. Yes. At OPEN, how are the students progress and achievement assess?
1: So, progress and achievement are assessed similar to in a traditional school. However, it just looks different. So, there is progress monitoring, but there's also portfolios Mm -hmm. where children are keeping a kind of running account of the work that they've done on a particular project. Assessment is project-based. So what teachers are looking to see if students have mastered are actually embedded in projects that the teachers are asking students to do. There are some quizzes, there are some tests, but the bulk of what they are doing is around the projects that they're creating.
0: Hey, thanks. Um, before this um, recording of this particular um, show, we talked about like your experience as a teacher. <laughs> and in a traditional school. Yes. So talk about the transition from that approach to now, mm-hmm. the, the open approach.
1: So Westwood Charter is where I taught. Mm-hmm. And um, it actually, we there was a lot of projects and a lot of hands-on learning that happened there as well. But open school is on a whole different side of that that spectrum. So it is challenging to... Be a teacher in a traditional setting and then transition into a more free learning environment Mm -hmm. because you're actually as a teacher like treated as like a master of your craft. Right. You're expected as a constructivist to build the curriculum and to build what it is that your children are learning. And not necessarily you have a, a roadmap of where you want to go, but you don't have a tight scope and sequence for the entire year because what the children are bringing into the classroom is going to guide what you do. So you have to be able to be flexible. You have to be able to shift Um, what you thought you had planned Mm -hmm. to what they possibly are interested in or the direction that they are taking the learning. And so it just requires a lot of flexibility and a lot of willingness for the teacher to allow the children to guide
0: the work. So the teachers are truly truly and genuinely meeting them where they're at absolutely
1: yes and what they're interested in that that interest piece is key because that's what keeps them engaged that's what keeps them locked in so you will you know as a as a constructivist you will have a theme for the year we're not just saying hey kids well, everybody what do you want to learn today or what do you want to learn this year But if we say, okay, wonder and exploration is the theme that we are going to look at, then one year maybe we're looking at solar system. The next year we're looking at the biomes of the earth. And through that, we are infusing all of the learning that is supposed to take place in reading, in math, in writing – Social studies, science is all infused in there. And wonder and exploration, they can go anywhere with that theme. And so we allow them to go as deep, as wide, as far as they are capable of going. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, I also noticed when I visited open mm-hmm. that um, and your kids, you have a very diverse group of students. Yes. They come from all backgrounds and all different kind of like prior knowledges, right? Um, but all their perspectives were... Um, not only are encouraged, yes, but also respected, and I, and I, and I saw that play out, um, and that's that, and that was pretty fascinating. So, anybody out there in this world, visit Open once; <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll change the way you you think about education. Okay, moving uh, moving on. So, you have this little this little hippie community, like touchy feely school. What about your 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 peers? What do they think about what's going on over there? <laughs> Oh, wow.
1: Well, that's loaded. But <laughs> Open Schools' um, model is intriguing to many leaders, not just principals, okay. right? Just any leaders in general, because it's unique. And we're also referred to, we're, we're often, excuse me, referred to as, oh, that school over there, mm-hmm. right? Or that's just open. We could never do what you do here. But I think my principal peers admire the work and they often comment about the joy of our students and the teachers and the level of engagement. And I really think that comes from teachers designing their own curriculum, then they're bought into it and they're completely like moving the ship forward. Um, Many times open school has been highlighted as a model school or a school that should be replicated or even a school that should be expanded into a middle school. Mm -hmm. But because it isn't quite understood as to like what we're doing or how we're doing it or how we got here, we oftentimes just kind of end up getting overlooked.
0: Okay. Well, uh, one final question before we go into the speed round. Um, What advice would you give to educators or schools considering the adoption of a constructivist model?
1: If you want to develop a constructivist model I would say that first you have to know your why and you have to develop a mission and a vision and that's going to be the roadmap to success you have to decide what your values are as a school because as I've mentioned we have these 17 guiding principles and they have evolved over the years but they do guide our work daily so You laser focus, zoom in on three to four guiding principles per year, and that's your check-in to make sure that the work is going in the direction of which you as a school community want it to go. Another thing I would say is that you have to do that mindset work because constructivism is a mindset shift, right, the belief that teachers are the facilitators of learning, the belief that teachers are professionals who can craft and design their own curriculum is sometimes a new thought. And so you definitely have to work on that mindset work. And then, again, know your why, build your team, and build school structures that support the philosophy of learning. So start small, mm-hmm. and I would say if you're talking about in the area of curriculum, social studies and science are always the best place to build your theme from because it just lends itself wonderfully to children being able to explore new ideas.
0: Great. Okay, we'd like to, to finish our podcast with what we call a speed round. It's the same three questions that we ask all of our guests. So you ready?
1: Yes, I'm ready.
0: What is one book that all educators should read?
1: Can I give a reason why as well? Okay, so I said Goldie Muhammad's Unearthing Joy um, because just as educators, we're oftentimes on the wrong path, and we don't remember why we're supposed to be doing this. So unearthing joy. Great.
0: What do you do for self-care?
1: I should do it more, (laughs) but I do walk. I do um, listen to those ocean waves and um, go to the spa. Oh, spa. Spa, yes.
0: (laughs) Um, And finally, what inspirational quote do you live by?
1: It's not a quote, but it is the serenity prayer. So that is my go-to.
0: Thank you. Well, thank you for stopping by and sharing your knowledge about constructivism, educational leadership, and school innovation. I believe our audience is a bit smarter today.
1: Thank you so much, I appreciate it. Thank you for the time.
0: Today we had the pleasure and privilege of learning more about a constructivist approach to education from Principal Ansonette Cass. In a constructivist environment, the learners are active, reflective, create mental representations, and are constantly incorporating new knowledge into their schemas. Knowledge is constructed, not innate or passively absorbed. It is a shared process between teachers and students where both share authority and responsibility for learning. As was mentioned in the podcast on multiple occasions, the teacher acts as a facilitator. Instead of telling students what to believe, they encourage them to think for themselves. As Principal Cass discussed, teachers create a collaborative problem-solving environment that meets students exactly where they are. Every year... Teachers tailor the instructional course based on the current class composition. It's definitely not a prescribed cookie-cutter approach. One of the more unique characteristics to Open Charter Magnet School is that they utilize multi-age classrooms, where teachers facilitate the learning of 48 to 57 students in a joint classroom. The learning groups are heterogeneous and inclusive. I think that today we learned how Open Charter Magnet is a model for constructivism in an urban school district. Our conversation reminds me of a quote from educator and social critic Bill Hooks that resonated with me during my formidable teaching years. Ms. Hooks said that in the classroom, it was crucial for her and every student to be an active participant and not a passive consumer. It is a practice of freedom, Learning is a place where paradise can be created. I urge you to learn more about the greatness of Open Charter Magnet by visiting opencharter.org.